One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's mentally yours from Ellen and Uh, focus on your mental health, you surely won't regret. It's mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. Hi everyone, and welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's mental health podcast. My name's Yvette, and today I'm chatting to Izzy Stadden. She's a social media star who chats about all things mental health on her TikTok, YouTube and Instagram, and she's also a singer. We're going to be chatting about life online, eating disorders and making music. Hi Izzy, thanks very much for chatting and welcome to Mentally Yours. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be chatting to you too, to be honest, um, for several reasons, but notably because um you, you understand TikTok. You're a big person on TikTok <laughs> and I'm very excited about that and also a bit scared because like I don't really understand TikTok. So I, th- I think the best thing is to sort of talk about uh, why did you decide to start talking about mental health stuff um, on that platform? Well, I talk about my mental health problems on all social media platforms, um, specifically because I have um, an illness called borderline personality disorder which has quite a lot of sort of negative connotations around it about like stereotypically what people are like with it. And I wanted to show people, you know, lots of different people that you wouldn't expect might have it. Um, And so that was really why I was so vocal on social media platforms. And TikTok's a great um, site to sort of tell funny stories from your past. And because I've been mentally ill for quite a while, most of like my funny entertaining stories are often around that. Yeah, I really loved it. Obviously, I've sort of checked out your account. It's really great. And um, I love sort of how frank you are. And TikTok's really interesting. I think it's one of those things that people my age, sort of anyone basically over, like sort of anyone in their 20s is still kind of going, oh, what's this thing? Like, what do we actually do with it? Um, But basically, you have sort of frank chats with people. You just sort of speak your mind. Um, Also, you've got an adorable dog uh, who I absolutely (laughs) love seeing because I'm mad about dogs. Um, it's a Bichon Frise, is that right? Yes, she is a Bichon Frise. Um, she's very cute. She's the love of my life. Yeah, I really love that you've got her on there as well because you sort of, I think it kind of helps keep things light between, I mean, you know, sometimes it's a bit hard to chat about mental health stuff, but you've also got your adorable dog on there as well. So it's it's nice to have the mixture. Um, yeah, she's always been. 
What kind of response have you had from people? And do you ever find it difficult to chat about your mental health um, in that sort of way? Because I know that people can be sort of, they can sort of get to, into you and in, into your DMs and all that sort of stuff. How have you found it? So um, when I was younger, actually, my school did an assembly about a time that I had tried to kill myself which was the first time I'd ever have people sort of coming into my DMs saying, oh, I heard this happened to you. And you get, um, and now with talking about it as well, you get a lot of people that will DM you and say, oh, I'm really struggling with my mental health. And sometimes it's difficult because if you're not in a great place with your own mental health, it's very difficult to help others. Um, And you can feel a lot of responsibility when you have a load of, you know, 12, 13, 14 year olds messaging you saying that they're really ill and they need all this help and they're not getting it. So it can be a lot to take, but generally um, I don't mind if people make negative comments or uh, criticize me for talking about it because I, I personally don't see a problem with talking about it. I'm very careful about what I say. I don't give people, especially um, in regards to anorexia or self-harm, a lot of people when they talk about it can accidentally give tips. I'm very careful with that. So I have, I am like uh, sure that what I'm saying is not going to negatively impact people. Um, but some people, I think on the internet, you're going to end up offending someone. Yeah, of course. Do you have sort of boundaries in place in terms of how much you go online and and sort of what you look at? Generally, I try not to follow too many people with mental health issues. I mean, I obviously I follow a lot, but I like to have a variety or I think you can sometimes become too consumed and people can post a lot of quite um upsetting things sometimes. Because uh, people can post like, oh, I'm feeling really down. I feel awful. So I sort of like to try and keep a variety to make sure that I don't become too embroiled in just the negative stuff. Mm. This is all new to me, to be honest, because like I said, I mean, I've the TikTok side of things new to me. I know you also do lots of stuff um, on YouTube um, and other social platforms. But for me, sort of Twitter is the place that I sort of go to to chat to people about mental health stuff generally. And I'm still getting to grips with TikTok. What's the community like on TikTok in terms of um, mental health chats? Because on Twitter, it feels fairly supportive a lot of the time. TikTok is very supportive. Um, It's mostly sort of Gen Z kids. um, And I think as a whole, we're always really supportive of each other. The thing about TikTok that's quite different to a lot of other platforms is that every time you release a video, it can be seen by a whole new audience of people. If it gets picked up by the algorithm, it will go out to, it can go out to hundreds and thousands of people. Um, And so you're always interacting with a new audience. From TikTok in particular, I've never had many negative comments, to be honest. They've always been really quite kind. Oh, that's good. That's lovely. Um, Maybe how Instagram sort of started off being, you know, but remember when Instagram sort of started and everyone was just going, oh, that's, you know, you'd you'd post a nice picture or something and the comments would all be, oh, that's a nice picture. But yeah. Yeah. Feels like Um, the other the other thing that TikTok has is that unless you're friends with someone, so unless you're both following each other, you can't message them directly. Oh, right. Because a lot of the abuse I would get on like Instagram, say, would be direct messages because if you post it on comments, other people can come in and sort of get in an argument with them. But if you say it to them directly, then no one's going to come in and try and like tell them they're wrong. Um, but on TikTok, they don't have that option, which is sometimes nice. Yeah. Well, let's go back to the start, I think, because we've talked a bit about sort of TikTok, although we'll, we'll talk more about that sort of stuff and also your music. But um, 
Can you sort of take us back to the start and tell us a bit about your struggles in general um, with mental health stuff? When did it all start? So it all really started when I was about, when I was really young, actually, I was in a house fire when I was on holiday. And that sort of triggered a lot of feelings of insecurity and uncertainty um, in myself. And then when I was about 12, I developed anorexia. And I suffered really badly with that for a few years. And I was in and out of hospital. And then as I got older, I was, my anorexia improved a bit but I was suffering from other emotional issues, self-harm, and I was eventually diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. And you spent some time in a, a unit as well, didn't you? Um, well, you yeah, several yeah. Times. yeah. I did that sort of once when I was younger, but um, how did you find it? Because I mean, I, this was, I'm making myself self-sound ancient, but you know, I was in a young person's mental health unit. God, it must've been in the 90s. Um, so how did you find things in there? So um, the anorexia units differed quite differently from the general psychiatric units. Within the anorexia units, people tended to be quite similar. We all had the same illness. We were generally from quite similar backgrounds. In my unit in particular, we all happened to be sort of middle class teenagers. Um, And there was a very kind, supportive atmosphere. When I, the general psychiatric unit, I found a lot more difficult. Um, There was a bigger range of people. And so sometimes it was harder to connect with someone that, you know, had psychosis as I really didn't understand that. Um, But some patients were lovely, but I think it was a bigger group of people and things were a lot more turbulent on the unit. Um, There were a lot more, there were larger variety of issues that the staff would have to deal with. Um, But I found being in a general psychiatric unit really, really difficult. And then when I was, when I was an adult and I was put on a general psychiatric unit, um, I found that a bit better, actually. Um, I think sometimes with teenagers, it can be a bit tricky having them all live together. Um, But when I was older, um, yeah, it was, it was a bit easier. Mm. How do you feel about the BPD um, diagnosis? Like, was it a relief or was it, were you sort of stressed out by it? I mean, with me, with my bipolar disorder, when I got diagnosed with that, it was just sort of like, well, finally, you know, because for me that was, I didn't get that until I was about um, 23, 24. How did you feel about it? So the first time that they mentioned uh, borderline personality disorder, I was about 15 and I was in a psychiatric unit and I was like, okay, well, I'll go and see what this is because I'd been diagnosed with depression and anxiety and I just didn't really feel like it fit me exactly. Um, and so I Googled it and the first thing that came up was 10 reasons why you should never date someone with borderline personality disorder, 10 reasons why people with borderline personality disorder are like awful people, all these things. And so I was immediately just like, no, 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 I can't have this. So I was, um, I basically lied to every psychiatrist I had from that point being like, oh no, I don't have any of the symptoms. You don't need to diagnose me with that. And then eventually when I was, um, in quite an intensive therapy group later on when I was about 19. So just a few years ago, um, uh, a doctor said to me, like, you need to accept that you have it. It doesn't mean anything that, you know, you're the same person you are now with or without the diagnosis, but Um, you do need to accept that you have it. And by the time I accepted it, it was a huge relief because it did explain so many things. Mm. I I do sort of understand that that it must have been a real 
sort of shocked to see those articles and because still not I mean do you think there's still stigma around um, BPD in particular at the moment I mean I remember seeing those same articles a few years ago and being really cross at them as I sort of am at any sort of things that get stuff to do with mental health stuff wrong how do you feel that um BPD is sort of depicted in the media these days yeah um I think it's it still is a big issue especially among medical professionals they've actually changed the name in England now to emotionally unstable personality disorder but a lot of psychiatrists that you'll see will be really funny about using the label some of them don't think it exists some of them think that people that do are attention seeking I've had a lot of experiences going into A&E after an overdose and telling a psychiatrist or telling a doctor what I've done and them not believing me because I have borderline personality disorder. So what sort of things have helped you um, manage your condition in the long run? So I think an important thing for me is understanding the illness. So knowing what is the illness because I know that anything that happens in regards to the illness will pass. So a big thing for me is that when I get overwhelmed with an emotion, I know that eventually that emotion will go. Um, and that's a huge thing for me. I've also recently started um, mentalization based therapy, which I'm finding very helpful because I find it very difficult to understand or predict the emotions of people around me. So what's so that exactly? That really helpful. Mentalization based therapy is basically trying to help an individual mentalize what someone else is going through. Because a lot of the time, uh, people with borderline personality disorder can be very perceptive to emotional changes, but not properly understand them. So I can know someone's, you know, suddenly sad or angry, but rather than understanding why or thinking, oh, maybe that's something to do with their job or X, Y, and Z, I'll think, okay, they're angry at me. So the whole point of mentalization-based therapy is to try and improve relationships and improve your understanding of others around you. And how have your sort of friends and family sort of been in terms of supporting you with this? Have you, is it, has it all been sort of plain sailing or have, has you had any sort of difficult reactions? So with my family, I mean, my whole family has been really great. My mum's a therapist, she's, so she's very understanding of um, any mental health issues. My uh, friends, on the other hand, when I was first sort of taken out of school for it, I got a lot of mixed reactions. Some of them were really caring. I had a few whose mums um, wouldn't let them talk to me and said that they couldn't be friends with me anymore. Oh, no. Yeah, um, they said, I, I know that one mother said to her child, you know, you don't want to be blamed if she kills herself. Um, so that was really difficult. I lost most of my friends from secondary school, really, um, but for varying reasons some of them it was just because I was ill and lost contact but others made an active effort to sort of not want to speak to me um and still some people that I see from secondary school if I see them in the street they will not make eye contact with me um so yeah that's definitely been more difficult yeah it does sound really hard did you find that you made friends um in terms of any of the units that you went to so I made a lot of friends in the uh, anorexia units I've been in but the issue with that is with anorexia is quite a competitive illness. So as you recover, it can be difficult to stay friends with someone who's still really ill. Um, and I found that a lot of my relationships there became sort of dependent on how both our recoveries were going because it wasn't healthy really for one of us to be friends with someone else who was really ill if we couldn't handle that. Um, 
And then in the other units, I did make friends. I made a lot of friends on my general unit, but then I had quite a bad experience where um, a guy I was good friends with um, took my diary and showed it to everyone else on the unit one time when I was on leave. And so after that, I didn't really talk to many people from that unit. Um, But then as I got older, I made friends with people that I was in groups with. Um, So, yeah. At what point did you decide um, you felt sort of confident to to share all this stuff um, about mental health stuff? Because for me, it sort of took quite a while and I was in my 30s. But for you, you sort of started at a fairly young age. Yeah. So I think, I mean, when I was when I was first going through treatment, I really didn't tell anyone everyone knew that I, because I started with outpatient treatment, everyone knew that I sort of didn't do PE on a Thursdays, but no one really knew why. Um, and then I think when I was taken out of school and put in a psychiatric unit, I, I didn't have the choice to be discreet about it anymore. I sort of had to tell people, I had to talk to people. And while I was in those units, um, particularly the ink disorder one, it was a really, really incredible program. Actually, it was done incredibly well. And they just sort of taught you how to talk about it and taught you that it's okay to speak about it. Um, And I think after that and being in therapy for so many years, I just felt comfortable speaking about it to people. And once I did, people were actually, I've always had the reaction that people say like, I'm so glad you can talk so openly about it. Mm, That's really good. And it sounds like you're sort of, it's a way of sort of owning the narrative, you know, if you're sort of, unsure what people are going to think if you sort of go in there sort of straight away and you're sort of helping them understand yourself then it's yeah it's a good way to sort of turn it around yeah um so let's talk about your music now I was listening to (laughs) to all your songs um actually I don't know if it's all your songs but the songs that I could find on Spotify um before our chat um so when did that all start when did you start singing um I probably started singing when I was about maybe 12, I think, around that sort of age. I played the saxophone and the piano since I was about, I played the piano since I was about four and the saxophone since I was nine. So I was quite musical before then. And do you find that sort of, do you find that writing music and singing sort of helps your mental health? Because for me, singing is always a huge release. I find, um, I find writing really helps my music, uh, I find writing really helps my mental health. I think singing sometimes I'm a bit perfectionistic with it. So it can be a bit more stressful than it than, um, songwriting. But songwriting is a really, really helpful thing for me to do because whatever, whenever I get into a bad situation or like a breakup or something, I can always just be like, it's fine. It will be good songwriting material. So I'll get something out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how did the first songs that you've got out how did they all come about in terms of production and everything so um most of them I uh wrote myself uh well I wrote all of them myself but um I'd send a sort of a lesser produced version of it to my producer Ed Stokes that I work with um with just sort of like I'd sing the melodies I'd give him the chords and I'd give him production things that I wanted in there such as like drops or bass lines things like that and then he'd take it and he'd create a track and we'd uh go back and forth and work on it together and then I'd go to his house and record it and it's like how yeah what sort of response did you get to the initial one that you put out and how are you feeling about how things are going now 
yeah, the initial one got a really good response. Um, and since then, they've all gotten really good responses, actually. And I'm really pleased with how things are going. Each release is doing better than the previous one, which is, I guess, the goal. Um, and yeah, it's it's good to sort of get my music out there. And I'm just trying to release a song a month at the moment so I can get as much as I can out. Yeah, it's great. Like I mean, like you say, each one that you've released is sort of getting more and more listeners. When I was sort of looking on Spotify, um, the latest one, which is Lying to Yourself, you've got sort of more and more listeners and it's so it's going up and up and up. Um, yeah. yeah, it's quite different these days in terms of sort of promoting yourself and promoting your work, isn't it? Because you've you've done the songs and then you've got the social media side of things. How do you sort of make it all work together? Yeah, it's definitely, I think it's definitely a challenge a lot of musicians have making it cohesive. Um, I think, you know, you've you've almost got to create a brand. Everything is so much more DIY than it was, you know, 20 years ago. So you've, you've um, got to constantly talk about it on other platforms without seeming too pushy about it. It's sort of a fine line to balance. Um, but I think the more followers you get on Spotify eventually those will translate over to other platforms like Instagram YouTube TikTok and the more followers you get on those platforms eventually will go and check out your music and as you become bigger they become more cohesive Mm. do you have a favorite in terms of the social media platforms I personally I'd say I spend the most time on TikTok but I like um using Instagram like for my own stuff the most I find Instagram especially Instagram stories very easy to do because you can sort of talk about nothing and people just like hearing about your day um whereas TikTok and YouTube you have to be slightly more entertaining and fast-paced yeah I wanted to ask you about that actually as as a complete TikTok noob like how much sort of work and effort goes into the posts like do you sit down and write them or is it sort of spontaneous how does it all work so I mean the best thing I do on TikTok or the things that do the best are really embarrassing stories um and you know when you're just sort of like brushing your teeth or something and a horrible story like a really embarrassing thing that happened will pop into your head usually I'll write them down in my notes so I have a few ideas of things to do um and then I'll tell those stories but the way you word them is does sort of correlate in terms of how well the video does because if you take a long time to get to the point generally people get bored and click off the video well and and there's not much time to tell it is it because it's exactly it's only a minute yeah yeah Yeah. do you ever get sort of nervous now sort of talking about your mental health stuff or has it become second nature I do still get nervous there's particular subjects that I get nervous about um things to do with my eating disorder can sometimes be sometimes almost quite embarrassing uh when you talk about certain subjects within it like purging things like that um I can be a bit more self-conscious about I have had some really bad experiences with uh I get a lot of comments I have a lot of scars on my arm from self-harm I get a lot of comments on that on that but I think because it's obvious that I've had mental health issues because people can see that when they meet me um I don't get as nervous because I figured they've sort of already guessed. Yeah. Um, what are your plans sort of next in terms of work and career and everything? 
Um, so I'm going to continue to release and write as much music as I can. Um, I'm co-writing with some other people and, um, I have some remixes coming out with, um, soon actually with a record label, which I'm quite excited about. Yeah, that is exciting. Uh, Yeah. Um, and so I'm just hoping that all goes really well. And I think, especially given we're in a pandemic, you've just got to sit back and see where things go. Yeah, it's such a strange time at the moment. Um, how have you been finding sort of the well, how have you been finding managing mental health stuff with the pandemic? Because I mean, every day's been a roller coaster for me. I don't know how you found it. Yeah, I mean, I I get lonely very, very easily, and that's definitely be a struggle been a struggle because I live alone apart from my dog who I've become like way too attached to at this point and um I live alone so I can become very isolated um luckily my mum lives quite close to me and I just think the uncertainty of everything isn't particularly good for people with mental health problems and can put them in quite a precarious situation which I've definitely felt have you found anything sort of that's particularly helped What's been very helpful is the fact that I do have my dog and I have to go outside and walk her every day. And so I have to seem somewhat presentable to like my neighbours when I leave the house. And just having that uh, is actually really helpful because as soon as I've done that and I've done something, I feel like, oh, okay, I can go and do other things. It's like when people tell you to make your bed first thing in the morning because then at least you've done something. Yeah, absolutely. And it's part of a routine as well, isn't it? Sort of having a dog Mm. and looking after it. I'm so jealous. And, and I'm also really excited because I'm getting a dog soon. So, um, <gasps> what sort of dog are you <laughs> So a Pomeranian. Oh, I love Pomeranians. <laughs> are you going to get, are you getting a boy or a girl? Um, it's a girl and yeah, oh. she's, they call it, uh, it's a lilac pom. So she's sort of gray. <gasps> um, oh, gray have you thought blue, of a name? Um, I'm still deciding. Um, but yeah, it, it's tricky. What's your dog called? She's called Tilly. It took me so long to pick the name though. Like while she was still a puppy, we went through about 10 different names. <laughs> she was probably so confused. <laughs> oh yeah. I love seeing her on TikTok and I, yeah, I really love your sort of Frank chats um, oh, thank you. on TikTok. Um, yeah. Just before um, we finish sort of chatting, um, tell the listeners where you can sort of listen to your singles and find you on TikTok and everything. So um, you can listen to my songs on any major streaming service if you just type in Izzy Staden. And um, you can find me on Instagram at Izzy underscore Staden and anywhere else is just Izzy Staden. So it's pretty simple. (laughs) Brilliant. Thanks very much. So this is goodbye from Mentally Yours. So go away, enjoy your day, get on with all your chores from Mentally, Mentally, Mentally. If you've been affected by any of the issues we've discussed today, please contact the Samaritans on 116-123 or go to their website at samaritans.org. If you've enjoyed this episode, please give us a rate or review. Five stars would be lovely. Also, if you've enjoyed this, come and have a chat to us on Facebook. We've got a group called Mentally Yours. Also, we have a Twitter, which is Mentally YRS. See you next time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.